Good morning, everyone. It's good to be back with all of you as we social distance and study the word. Let's just open in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for another week. You've kept us through uh, so we can meet again this Sunday morning. We praise you. And we just ask for your <clears throat> guidance as we study your word and, and just praise you this morning that we can uh, talk about these verses, Lord. They give us so much security and hope that only you can give us. We just pray this in your name. Amen. Well, it's been quite a month since last time. There's so much buzz now and anticipation since the vaccines have rolled out. A lot of states are opening up slowly. California and many Bay Area counties are now mostly in the, uh, the red tier. San Mateo is in the yellow, which is the even better. And Disneyland is opening soon, partially. Yay. And hope rings eternal. But it's a juggling act to figure when to open up everything. Too fast, and you'll see what happened in Europe. They're on their third wave now, caused by a new variant. The virus has spiked. And Italy just went into total lockdown again. It's been quite a year. You know, when it started, they said it takes four years to test, produce, and get vaccines into people's arms. And yet one year later, we have several companies with the vaccine and millions of people have already been vaccinated. That is, that is awesome. One of the advantages of being an old guy like myself is we get to go first. And I receive my shots, as I know many of you have. And I reached out to uh, Hilton, and Anne in Ireland, and they also have been vaccinated. They give us their best. They ask that we keep them in our prayers, which we do. We miss them greatly, and they are doing fine. Um, and we think of Rajiv and his family and Carl Knott's family as well. And we know, Lord willing, one of these days we'll see them all again. But there are issues, you know. The goal is to vaccinate, obviously, as many people as possible. But the goal is hindered because some people can't take it and many others have doubts and they're going to choose not to get vaccinated. And the virus mutates. We know that it gets stronger. It changes. There's many new variants. And experts don't know if these vaccines will be effective against the new variants. <clears throat> and they say there's going to be more strains in the future. A doctor in Orange County said, Indonesia wildlife markets are like a cafeteria for animal pathogens. There's just so many unknowns to us, but not for the Lord. Nothing is unknown to him. The world can plan make projections, make assumptions based on models and trends with which we've seen over the past year, the models. But only God knows the future, regardless of what kind of models the experts put up. But there's so much anticipation now, the world is going all in on these things. It looks like California has turned the corner. Hopefully it will work 
and we will be virus-free someday. So much focus is put on them, and millions and trillions of dollars have been spent propping up the economy and repairing the damage that has been done. It dominates the news, and it's in our thoughts daily, even as we go to Home Depot or the grocery store or just to get gasoline, we have to think about the mask and the distancing. But we have the anticipation, but we still have to keep in perspective what is the most important thing in our lives, and that is Jesus Christ. Keep him in the forefront, not the, not the virus. There is a long-term cure available for all diseases and afflictions in the body, mind, and soul. Anyone can get it. It's risk-free, and it offers an eternal cure. That's the title today, is What is the Eternal Cure? I think you know that. The cure is Jesus Christ. Accept him as Lord and Savior, and he will cure, cure you for eternity, regardless of what happens here. The COVID vaccine may prevent you from getting COVID. That's great. But it does nothing against sin or eternity. That's why believers have such a hope. We seem to talk about hope so much because it is such a strong part of our faith. It's based on God's promises that he will always will fulfill, and we can bank on them. Christ is an eternal solution, not a temporary solution. He is a vaccine for the soul. We don't know what the next crisis will be, but we know there probably will be another one. But we know we are secure with the Lord. We are in his hands. And there's so much talk about security now. You know, a few weeks ago, one of the largest security firms in the world, his solar winds, kind of an interesting story, they actually got hacked. And many companies in the U.S. government and some of the largest corporations in the world, they were hacked. Microsoft was involved, all of them. And a funny story, one of the government officials <coughs> asked a Solar Winds representative, well, what was your password? And she goes, uh, Solar Winds 123. And the official said, that is ridiculous. I have a more stronger password to keep my kids from watching too much YouTube. So whatever security we think we have in this world, it can be hacked and it is not secure. William Lloyd wrote, our times are in thy hands. Father, we wish them there. Our life, our souls, our all, we leave entirely to thy care. That is the place where we have the ultimate security, not in all these cyber companies. There was a clever line in the first Jurassic Park movie. There was a lot of them. That was the best of that, that trilogy. Dr. Hammond says to that tech guy, our lives are in your hands and you have butterfingers. Our lives are not in any human's hands. Our lives are in the Lord's hands and he does not have butterfingers. He says, fear not, I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. And look what is on those hands. 
In Isaiah 49, 16, it says, See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. That is so encouraging to us in a, in a world of doubt and distrust. He, we are in the palms of his hand. What a place to be. That is security. We can sleep at night. And he says, no one can snatch them out of my hands. This is amazing to me, and it happens all the time. Dean talks about it all the time. This is how the Lord works. This morning, Taylor sang without knowing, she had no idea what I was going to talk about. She sang, my eyes will see the glory of the Lord. My ears will hear the mercy in his voice. My hands will hold the hands that are holding me. My feet will walk in the promised land, and I will know the beauty of his plan. My hands will hold the hands that are holding me. Amen. He's, the hands of the Lord are holding all believers. That is such a, such a blessing. When you think about Calvary, I had this thought the other day, one of the most unsecure persons on the planet at that time was that thief on the cross. He had minutes to live. No hope of getting off that cross or anybody giving him any kind of first aid. He had zero hope. Then eternity changed for him completely. In Luke 22, 23, 42, and 43, then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. What a moment from zero security to eternal security. Only Jesus can provide that. There was another man up there who could have had the same fate, but his stubbornness or pride or whatever, he chose not to believe and not take that Jesus eternal cure, not to accept it. He was just a few feet away from the Savior, and now his eternity will be elsewhere. All of our decisions have ramifications, and these two men each made one decision. One was right and one was wrong. David looks at his life in Psalms 39 he puts it in perspective. He says, his life is like a breath, a vapor, and people go around like phantoms, not knowing their future. He knows he has no future without the Lord. He's the only one reliable. And I wrote that and I said, reliable, interesting word. I mean, think about it. We can rely on him because he is able and you put the two together, together, and obviously you got reliable. In thir Psalms 39, 7, David says, But now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. And that's where our hope is today, 24-7. If these vaccines work, we can go back to a more normal lifestyle. We can go to church. Hug your kids and your grandkids. It's just horrible. We haven't, I haven't hugged my grandkids in a year. It's just, 
terrible. We can eat in restaurants with people and, and socialize and fellowship and not have to wear a mask everywhere we go. But we know there's always going to be something around the corner. It's just the way it is. There's so many unknowns. But as the verse says, our hope is in you. Regardless of what unknown pops up next, we're not going to lose hope in the Lord. He's our eternal hope in Christ alone. We are going all in on the Lord. No hedging. No backup plan. I'd rather put my faith, hope, and trust in God than anywhere else. As it says in the word, do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. People come and go. The Lord is eternal. And we can relax and rest in him as our hope is in him. We don't have to worry about tomorrow because we know it's going to have issues regardless of whether we worry about them or not. We can rest in peace, no anxiety, no worry, and we can cast our cares on him. And all these vaccines... They're about 90% effective. They're not foolproof. One doctor said, I've heard of six or seven independent cases in the last three weeks of people getting both of their shots, or one in case of the, the J&J, who tested positive. I think we're going to continue to see that more and more. So it's not, it's not a perfect cure, but it's, it's what we got. They don't purify 100%, just 90, 85, right around there. But praise God, we have a Savior. When he purifies something, it becomes totally pure. Not 90, not 95, not 99, but 100% pure. In 1 John 1, 7, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. It doesn't say purifies us from most sins, 90% of sins. It says all sins, past, present, and, thank God, future, even though we try not to sin, but we are all sinners and he purifies them all. If we walk in the light, as the verse says, in fellowship with one another, and what purifies us is that blood of Jesus shed on the cross for our sins. That COVID, when it gets inside of a cell, it uses something in the cell to grow and make more virus and the cell finally explodes killing that cell and going into other cells in the body and it eventually will damage the whole body it's just like sin you know when we sin sometimes you have a sin it gets in and it can get comfortable just in one area oh, I, we're okay, I'm okay on this, except for that. In that area, when it gets comfortable, it will, it will uh, 
migrate like the virus and it will spread and sin can take over our whole body and it will spread and destroy us. As the verse said, entangles us. When you're entangled in something, you just can't get out of it. It's like a straitjacket. It gets tighter and tighter. But Christ purifies us and takes away our sins and we are forgiven and that is a promise. And as I said, he keeps his promises 100% of the time. This is another promise that is so encouraging for us. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. We don't have to live in fear. If we were condemned for all of our sins, we'd be in constant fear. But we can grab that verse and just bank it. No condemnation for believers in Christ Jesus. We are pardoned. We don't get what we deserve. We're sinners saved by grace, and he paid the penalty for our sins with his purifying blood on the cross. What a promise. In Hebrews 9, 28, it says, So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. How many times was he sacrificed? Just once. That's all that was needed. He doesn't have to come down and do it again as people are still sinning. Those sins are still forgiven. One time for eternity. And we eagerly wait for his reappearing. That is going to be awesome. That is the eternal hope that we have in him. Our hope doesn't waver on wars, the economy, what party is in power, global warming, or whatever virus is circulating at the time. There'll probably be more. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. And our hope is there in prosperous times and in tough times. It doesn't waver based on if we're happy or not. You know, this, this virus this has long-term effects are unknown. They're not sure what exactly is going to happen if you've had this. Some people have still have lingering effects for many months later. But how is this for a long-term future? How does everlasting life with no death, diseases, tears, crying, or pain for the old order of things has passed away. That sounds pretty, pretty good to me. And no darkness, because he is the light. He will provide the light in the, in the whole kingdom. And that kingdom is an everlasting kingdom for generations and generations. That is the long-term effect of knowing Christ. And this is another one of my key points. And that is the most important thing in our life is, is knowing Christ. Everything else pales in comparison. You know, as we, as we do these things and as you read, I'm sure you notice the same things I do. You read these verses, you write them down sometimes, put them in a document. The word is so definite. You can't, go through scripture and find 
sometimes, maybe, usually, or possibly in the word. Not, no more most, some, none of that. It's the word that I keep coming across is all or at once. It's a certainty when the Lord speaks. There's no ambiguity in Scripture. So you can't say, well, it's so confusing. It's not. It's very clear. He makes the word clear so children can understand it. That's another, another blessing. And the Apostle Paul talks about that knowing Christ. Think, look at what he had. He was, he was high and mighty. He had power. He was on that high horse when the Lord knocked him down. He had status. He had the, the, the Hebrew knowledge, well-trained, all that stuff. But here's what he says about knowing the Lord in Philippians 3, 7, and 8. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. What did he miss when he gave up all of that training, that um, net worth, that income, that status? He had, he had it all. What did he miss? He didn't say, boy, that's tough to give up. He missed them so little that he called them garbage that I might gain Christ. And that is the only thing that matters. And going into that kingdom, that eternal kingdom that we talked about earlier, in Daniel 4.3, it says, How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. It never ends. Until he comes back, there's still a time for anyone to get saved. It does, there's no cutoff date. And people from generations past are now in that kingdom. He did what he did on the cross for all of us. In John 3.16, using the King James, which is the version many of us learned when we were kids, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And he did that for all of us. And that offer of what he did on the cross is available because he became the offering. He offered himself to go up on that cross as a sacrifice for our sin. The offering usually doesn't become something for somebody else, but in this case, it did. Sadly, believers who passed away from COVID are no longer with us, and we miss them dearly. But we have joy because that most familiar verse that I just read says, they have not perished, but have everlasting life. They left the earth but they're enjoying everlasting life right now. And we will see them again someday in that eternal kingdom. What a blessing. 
And for those that don't want to take this eternal, this Jesus cure, there are some who don't believe him, or those who think the gospel is a fairy tale. This is their fate. And like I said, there's repercussions for every decision we make, small and big, and this is about the biggest decision you can make. And this one, pick the wrong choice and you could, you're costing your life for eternity. They may believe there's no afterlife or all roads lead to heaven, but they don't. In Acts it says, For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. He is the only way to be saved. And here is their fate. In John 3.36, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. So there were the two choices. They're right in the same, same uh, John 3. John 3.16 offers eternal life. And John 3.36 explains the results of that decision, which was, will not see life when God's wrath will remain on them. Pretty simple, two choices. I like this song. It's a long song. I just picked one uh, verse of it. It's In Christ Alone. It was written by Stuart Townden. It says, In Christ Alone... My hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving cease. My comforter, my all in all, and I hope everyone can say today, the last line is, for I am his and he is mine, bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for that precious blood on the cross which you shed for us. We thank you for purifying our sins. We thank you for offering yourself up to go on that cross. You are truly a vaccine for our souls, Lord. And we pray for this uh, decision of these two verses. We pray for um, anyone that has not made the choice offered in John 3.16, Lord, to just ponder that and choose you, Lord. And we just pray now for uh, our whole church family, Lord. We pray for... Uh, effectiveness of these vaccines. We pray soon we could uh, just fully open up safely um, without restrictions so we can fellowship again. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.